Well, good morning again, Calvary Church. And I'm excited to be able to share with you again in this whole Christmas series here at Calvary. It's been great going through this whole series on compassion, the gift of compassion that God has for us. And remembering that that word compassion means to suffer with So we think about God coming. He didn't just come to suffer for us, but he came to suffer with us. And that Emmanuel, Christmas, God with us, that's what it's all about. And so that's what we're remembering. And so then today, as we talk about experiencing God's compassion, we're we're being reminded that this isn't just for us to feel compassion for others or to cultivate compassion in our life to give to others, but that we also need to be able to receive God's compassion ourselves to experience that in our lives. And so the way that we're going to look at that today is actually through the story of Mary and where the angel comes to Mary to tell her that she is going to be the mother of the Messiah and just kind of blows up her whole world and definitely changes the plans for her life in an incredible good way, but also in some ways that are going to be challenging for her. And so as we will look into this story, it's in Luke 1, 26 to 56, if you want to start looking there now. Now the the last portion of that is actually just this whole song that we call the Magnificat that Mary sings or writes, at least to be able to worship and praise God for what he is doing and will do in her life. In verse 50 of that, it says this, it says, and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. And mercy is another one of those words that's kind of closely related to compassion in the Bible, that God's mercy, God's compassion is for those who fear him, that we are of those who have this this sense of a, a healthy fear. It's a reverence. It's an awe. We're even told in Hebrews, we'll be studying this verse just in a few weeks that says we're to worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. And so there's this sense of this healthy fear that we are to have of our God. And for those that do, there's mercy for us. There is compassion for generation upon generation. So even just as we start, just be considering, are you one that has that that healthy reverence and awe of God. And maybe that's something you're thinking about right now. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're seeking, is Jesus God? What is the story of all this? And I hope that this can speak to you today in that. So let's begin uh, to read through. We'll kind of just go through chunk by chunk through this story. We'll start with Luke 1, 26, and we'll read through verse 30. It says, Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And so we recognize that God's compassion, remembering God's compassion is 
him suffering with us. It's this Emmanuel, God with us, God coming into our lives, God joining in with us in our world. This is not always like just easy and wonderful and, and feels good at first or it lacks suffering that it was confusing to her. She doesn't understand what's going on. Like what's going on? Why is this angel coming to me? What are you doing, God? Like what are you trying to do in my life? And so she was, she is perplexed at what's going on. This angel calls her favored one and the Lord is with you, all of this. And so you have this moment of, of her saying she was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation that was. And so you, this word perplexed, it's kind of like more than just like, hmm, I don't understand what's happening. It's not just that kind of perplexed, but some things of, or ways even that we see perplexed, like used, it's this feeling of grief and loss. It's a fear of the unknown. And it's kind of this reaction to how God's ways are not our ways, that God is mysterious. God works in ways that we don't get and we don't know what's going on sometimes. And so there can be this little bit of fear. It can be a sense of loss because it's not just the way things always were. And so for her, everything is getting changed. But the angel's response to her in her moment of being perplexed is, don't be afraid because the Lord is with you. And in Isaiah 41.10, we even see where God says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about for I am your God. <laughs> you think about this world that we're in today. And I feel like there's a lot of people anxiously looking about for what's going to happen next. And we can be filled with fear. I and mean, we can be filled with fear even if it's just a sense of even God beginning to tug at our heart or begin to kind of make us more aware of his reality and his power. And there can be a bit of like, what's going on? Is this real? Like, God, what are you doing in my life? Are, are you real and all of that? And so in the midst of that, we can be anxiously looking about for how we're to respond. But he says, don't fear. I'm with you and I am your God. And so maybe God is calling out to you today. So to be considering that, thinking about that, that God is with you. Now, what's interesting is Mary is perplexed, right? But she keeps pondering. I like this, this verse where it has her being perplexed. It says she keeps pondering these things in her heart. And I think for us, when we don't understand or when we're afraid or when things seem to be going in a way that we don't like when it comes to even our understanding of God, or even there's like something about God or the scriptures that we sort of like in the way that we've been living our life don't agree with or something that we say, okay, I might be perplexed at this. I might not get it, but I'm going to keep pondering. And I want to encourage you to keep seeking even when life doesn't make sense. Keep seeking even when you doubt. Keep seeking when you have questions, because it's okay to doubt, it's okay to have questions, all that's fine. It's okay to be afraid, but don't stop seeking. There's even like the sort of bumper sticker cliche, right, of wise men still seek him. Maybe you've seen that, like it's a Christmas cliche, but it's like most cliches are actually around because they sort of make sense, right? But like we're with the wise men, the magi, they were seeking after Jesus. And then the notion, right, is that today, if we are wise men or women, we're still seeking after him. So just don't stop seeking. If you have doubts, if you have questions, keep pursuing Jesus because God's compassion might be perplexing to us. But let's uh, read the next uh, chunk of this story, verses 31 
to 33. It says, and behold, this is the angel talking. He says, don't be afraid. And he says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and we be, he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. And so this, this is this moment where she's just being told that you are going to be the mother of the Messiah, the anointed one, the savior of the world, that he is this great and powerful being is now being formed inside of you. And that's just incredible. But like we need God's compassion to be able to live out his grace and his plans that he has for our life, that God has these greater plans for us or just even for for all things, that God has these greater plans that are well beyond us, that we have to have an understanding that God is walking us through that, that she is told this, right? Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. What we remember is then from Isaiah 7:14, which was 700 years earlier prophesied about this moment. So imagine Mary, like even if she knew of this prophecy and then it's happening to her 700 years later, it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son and she will call his name Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel means God with us. And so this incredible prophecy is coming true in this very moment. Now, God is calling Mary into this calling. Okay? God is calling Mary into this very beautiful, wonderful calling to be the mother of the Messiah. But one thing that's sort of maybe we don't think about with this is that she really won't be able to avoid suffering herself. God's calling her to something and it's, it's wonderful, right? But for her, there's still going to be some suffering for her. Now, there's like kind of a moment where this is like God's compassion and Mary's compassion intertwining. Now, what I mean is that God came to suffer for us, but not just for us, but with us. Now, Mary, she ends up being, having this calling, but she is also going to have to go through suffering for this calling to be fulfilled for all of us, where Mary is looked down upon, she's shamed for being pregnant out of wedlock before she was married, that she had to go through the suffering of, of watching her son die, of watching her son be tortured and suffer and to go through all of that, even though she had the great joy of him coming back to life again in victory and power. And that was so beautiful. But for her, there was this like there still is this suffering for her. And so at times there's this intertwining of that suffering. Now, what you have is though God's compassion for Mary, that God has this sense of being moved for her and caring for her and suffering with her and all of that and what he has called her to, all of that is to lift up and exalt Jesus. That Jesus, the one that she's carrying in her womb is going to be made great. He will be great, it says. He will be God himself. It says he'll sit on the throne of David and then he will rule forever. He will rule this world. He'll rule this universe forever. His kingdom has no end. That his kingdom is everything, this one that is in her. And so all of her actions, everything that she's doing is to exalt and lift up 
the name of Jesus. So Mary has a significant role in God's plan in this moment. And what I want you to know is that you have a significant role in God's plan for the gospel as well. That God uses each and every one of us. And sometimes we have to suffer as well. As we experience God's compassion, we kind of have to enter in with a compassionate heart ourselves to be willing to suffer with, to be willing to be moved by people's need, need for the gospel, physical need, whatever it is that they have, that we have a role in God's plan for the gospel. And so part of that could just be you sharing your faith. Part of that could be having conversations like with people about spiritual things with God. Part of that could be how you just sort of live your everyday life in a way that, that displays and honors a life that is for Jesus. But I, we've been talking about something this entire month. We've been talking about this opportunity with Compassion International to be able to sponsor a child because we, we, I truly believe this is a way that you can cultivate that compassion in your life to be able to do that. What's so cool and I think interesting with this Mary story is that you have an opportunity to say yes to God's plan for a child for you who wasn't in your plans. Do you understand what I'm saying? That you have this opportunity. You have a chance that there, we are saying, hey, there is a child in your, like, that can be in your life if you say yes to Jesus. And I know that that child wasn't in your plans yesterday or last month, but maybe God is placing that child in your life, even though it's not your plan for a great calling and a great purpose. And so I, I, I want to talk just a little bit more about this, but I want you to watch this video just to kind of get a glimpse into what does this look like to be a sponsor with compassion and, and just how really fulfilling and rich it can be. Traveling um, out to Ohohona in the van and I remember just being kind of nervous about it. Um, you know, because like when, when your relationship is based on letters, it's kind of hard to, to know what that first interaction is going to be like because you've never met the person. And they finally come and pull me from the van as I'm trying to duck down, make sure that I'm not seen by anyone in her community. And uh, we're walking in. And the second I'm walking in, I see her brother. Omar, who instantly recognizes me with the biggest smile on his face. And then Graciela, her mom, sees me and starts crying instantly, which makes me start crying. Walk around the corner and Alma kind of looks at me like it takes her a second to recognize who I am. And then the biggest tears start falling from her face and they start falling from my face. And you can't like, there's just no, there's no way to, to brace yourself for that happening. It was great to, to be able to look her in the eyes and know that the love that I have for her is reciprocated and to, to feel it all day long. Uh, when we were leaving, it was really hard because you know you don't know when you're gonna see this child that you've loved all the way through um, to the time she graduates. You don't know when you'll see her again. When you start a relationship with a child, all the way around the world, 
you know, you don't get to be in their daily life. You don't get to hug on them or to like look them in the eye and tell them you love them in person. So letter writing helps you be able to encourage them through the ups and the downs of life that are going to happen and they happen every day, um, you know? So just being able to, to encourage her in the Lord and to feel like, like God is using the words that I'm writing to speak into her life. I think the most memorable letter between Alma and I, at least on my end, was the first letter that she told me she loved me back. Someone on the other side of the world say it to you, you know, and to remind, for me to be able to remind her of God's love um, is significant. And when she reciprocated that, it just, it made me feel like God was really in the relationship. You know, you, you telling them those three little words, I love you, or I am proud of you, and I am encouraging you to continue to be strong in your faith and in what God is teaching you. And those things, they matter. And that child keeps them in their heart the way that they keep God's Word hidden in their heart as well. Um, you know, so you, you may not see it, everything that happens, every little piece of that impact you have on that child, but it's important being able to invest in one child's life. So you can see where we have this beautiful opportunity to be able to enter into their life. It's not just giving money each month. It's not like, that's not what it's even all about, but it's about this relationship as well. So we're asking, you know, we, we're, we have this goal. We have 250 kids in a similar region in Guatemala that we are hoping that we can sponsor here at Calvary Church. And so it's $38 a month and you write letters and then you have some chances to possibly take a trip down to visit them at some point. And so I just, I'm excited about this for our church and I'm excited about maybe what God is going to do in you you as well as you go through this relationship, through this experience. And so just again, calvarylife.org slash compassion. You can choose there. They have th those children, those specific children in Guatemala available for us to sponsor. And so I just ask you again, maybe God has a plan for a child for you who wasn't in your plans. And it's interestingly enough for Mary that God fulfilled obviously his greatest plans through her. All right, so let's continue then through our text. Uh, Luke 1, we'll read 34 to 37. Now, uh, so the angel says all this about you are going to bear Jesus. And then verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
<laughs> those, those final words, especially of the angel there, uh, for nothing will be impossible with God. We know that in God's compassion that we will only be able to succeed through God's miraculous power. It is all about the power of God for anything to happen in our life, especially this moment for Mary to be able to like, be able to bear a son, for Mary to be able to have the Messiah within her, all of that. She's like, can't believe it, but nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe this? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? Do you believe that God's power is there for you? That God's power is there for you to have forgiveness of sins? That God's power is there to help you to believe even when you doubt? That God's power is there for you to be able to live a life free from sin? Do you believe that God's power is there to help you to be able to sponsor a kid across the world every month for their, for their childhood? All these things, like nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe this? And what's so great about God is that God's compassion for Mary here, even in this moment, he gives her this friend, it's a relative, but it's this friend to be in this together with in Elizabeth that, hey, like this, Elizabeth is going to have John the Baptist, whose whole role is to proclaim and prepare the way for the Messiah. But even now, I'm just, Mary, I'm giving you this, this person to be able to be sort of in this together, to share in it, to care for each other in the midst of that. And God's compassion for Mary is also shown in his power, not her own. That it's not about Mary's power. It's not about Mary doing something heroic. It's about Mary being willing to have God do something heroic in her. And that's what we see really in the next verse is how Mary responds is what God is calling us to do as well. We see in verse 38 where it says, And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So our role is to submit. Our role is to submit. And we will be blessed by God as we submit to him. It's such a beautiful moment. May it be done to me according to your word. That Mary is this example for us to follow in the way that we would respond to God's call in our life, to God's compassion in our life. Even when God comes and says, I have not just come to suffer for you, but to be with you. And then he wants our lives to, <laughs> to have something great, a great plan in our life, a calling in our life that God wants to see like how we can live this life for him. It is gonna upend your life. It will be different. And God says, nothing is impossible with me. I am with you. So just submit to me and then I will give you the power that you need. And so this is our response to God, to God Emmanuel, who says that is God with us in every moment. Our response to him then is to say, okay, Lord, okay, I submit to you. I submit to my need for your compassion, your grace, your power for the forgiveness of my sin and for the ability to live each day for you. And so wherever you might be coming from today, maybe you've been seeking, maybe you're just watching this and you're just, you don't know what you think about God. I would ask you 
to submit to him of your need for his compassion in your life, your need for his grace in your life, his power in your life, to surrender yourself to him and his will for your life. And just to ask him for forgiveness of your sin, even though, you know, maybe you don't totally get it, you're perplexed, you don't understand, but you continue to pursue him. Just begin now to talk to him about that. And then for the rest, just to live each day for God, to see how you can be part of God's great plan, recognizing his power in your life. So our role is to submit. God's role is to be the one with the power and that he will be the one that comes again, not just to suffer for us, but to suffer with us because God's great compassion is for us and we're to receive it. Let's pray for that now. Heavenly Father, I I pray for each person listening to this. Wherever they are, whatever's going on in their hearts and their lives, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in this moment, that they would know you, that they would know that you are real, that you are powerful, and that you are for them, and that you have come to be with them. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those that have not surrendered their life to you and and, and trusted you for salvation and forgiveness of their sin, I pray that they would do that now. Just to hit pause in this recording, just spend some time with you, God. I pray for that even right now. I pray for all of us too, Lord, that you would give us the strength and the awareness of your power that we can trust in you, not ourselves. So Lord, we love you. We thank you for your great compassion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.